Sanchez making a Saturday with the... Everything news was forced to get off of home base. We thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Podcast 99. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm joined by Parks Miller. And today we have a guest on. We have my good friend. Dinah. Dinah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today is another one of our Legends of Woodstock 99 uh, episodes. And this one is A, the second to last legend. There's only one more after this. And this is the first and only female legend of Woodstock 99 uh, not because the other ones weren't great but because this is the last one it's the darkest it's very uh it's very eerie you know it, when you watch it and it kind of like is a perfect lead into what's about to happen in a few hours at the festival uh we're talking now this is I want to say around six ish six thirty ish in the evening when she goes on this is the main stage but uh, before we, we get into that, yes, there was only three female performers, one on each day. You had Sheryl Crow the first day, Alanis Morissette the second day, and now Jewel the third day, like the Charlie's Angels of Woodstock 99, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the new Charlie's Angels movie. Which is like one of the best <laughs> movies ever made, I've heard. It's, <laughs> it's so mm, yeah. good, and um, it just like really killed at the box office. Uh, oh yeah, Kristen Stewart's uh, wardrobe is going to be yeah. remembered forever. It's like almost like Gone with the Wind, uh, yeah. as far as the complexities of her yeah. wardrobe design and hair. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Dinah, Dinah, I know your taste in movies is really great, because on your recommendation, I watched the Fred Durst directed The Fanatic. Oh yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, oh yeah, yeah. oh dude, dude, we haven't loved talked about every that. second of it, dude. Um, I went to the so premiere just, that. Oh wait, just a thrill. So yeah, my my taste in movies is impeccable, and the <laughs> fanatic is a really great movie. And the first line that comes out of John Travolta's mouth is "Hurry up, I have to poo." Um, which yeah. was like really sets a tone for like the whole movie. And um, I personally had the best time watching it. Um, I saw it in a really small little indie theater. It was like an art Which is theater. the only place to see it. Yeah. yeah it's not going to be at your multiplex. I mean, it is It is an art film and only smart people know that. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it. I can't believe, I don't think there, we actually talked about part, this. No, we have, I mean, it has, it's, there's never really a good time to talk about when Fred Durst directs a movie, I think. Well, but, no, I uh, went one to of my the favorite premiere, parts dude. is uh, the, when the when Limp Bizkit is in the movie. Oh, yeah. When yeah. when he's like driving around and he's like with his son, he's like, hey, like you like Limp, Limp Bizkit? Bizkit? And he like <laughs> and he like just plays. <laughs> Bizkit. He's like, this stuff's no, pretty cool, saw- right? <laughs> Yeah. When I saw it in like I went to the premiere, the red carpet premiere, I saw fucking John Travolta. I saw Fred Durst. Uh, Kirstie Alley was there for some fucking reason. Why who the know? fuck not? Yeah. Who, why the fuck not? Uh, and it was great. Shout out to uh, to Brett Berg for getting me uh, a ticket to that. He was also the guy that helped us with our live event that we did out here. And we have another one coming. It, it'll probably happen after this event comes out, though. So I'll just stop there. But yeah, no, I, I went to the premiere. And yeah, first of all, everything like the the poop line. Everyone in the audience starts erupting in laughter, and then the Limp Bizkit thing. People were like cheering. Yeah, like it, it was. It wasn't necessarily about John Travolta being the star of the movie. It was about Fred Durst. That's what the whole of fucking course. hype was uh, around it, and it definitely showed. Uh, and then I I spent the entire movie crafting a question 
for them because there was going to be a Q&A afterwards. And I was like, how can I ask Fred Durst about Woodstock 99? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I literally spent the entire movie trying to think of a way to like relate it. I was like, you know, this movie's kind of like a slow simmer that eventually... A uh, train wreck? Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> no, that I was like trying to make it sound good, like you know, like most great thrillers, it's mm -hmm. a slow start and then it erupts into this, the, the, this craziness. And were you inspired by your time at Woodstock '99 at all? But I didn't get picked <laughs> for the for the Q and A. And instead, there was this guy who was in the audience who had like stacks of shit to be signed, and he was like, um, I know it's. Uh, he was a fanatic. He was a fanatic, totally. Yeah. And the irony was not lost on anyone on the stage because yeah. Fred Durst was like, hey, easy moose, which was John Travolta's character. Right, the right. movie's about a celebrity stalker. And yeah, no, it was the irony was not lost that there was definitely celebrity stalkers in the audience that yeah. could not wait to get up there. But John Travolta played it off cool, and he invited I... the guy up on stage. Hugged him. I mean, yeah. I'm a celebrity stalker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> especially for Fred Durst. Did you feel empowered by this movie? Oh, me? You were like, now, now I have a voice. As a celebrity like, stalker. I yeah. mean, as a celebrity stalker, um, sure, of course. Uh, I mean, like, I have, like, many claims to fame. Like, when you Google Lip Biscuit Girls, a photo of me comes up, which is like, you know. That's right. That's, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Dinah has a, a very uh, explicit tied to Woodstock 99 in that, yes, you've yeah. taken a photo and had I Fred Durst's phone I, number. <laughs> I am I am a Limp Biscuit girl, and I hold that title forever, and people are very jealous of that. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah and also, um, uh, I've gone to Fred Durst's uh, jazz night show. We've taken selfies together, and he used to follow me on, on uh, Instagram, too. Fuck. Yeah. God, well, see, yeah, I can't even get a call back from West Borland, who gave me his fucking number, but yeah. I don't know. I don't um, I don't look like uh, you. Uh, <laughs> that, could, that could do me something about it. But so we're going to get into it. Jewel, again, legend. This is one of my favorite sets of the entire festival, A, because I'm a massive Jewel fan. It's my karaoke go-to most of the time. And Jewel is just also really cool, despite like the mainstream appeal and kind of the goofiness uh, uh, that, that goes along with that whole like coffee shop like women in music scene she's that happened brilliant she's amazing yeah she's yeah. amazing she's done a shit ton of stuff and she's actually really fucking chill but we will get to that in a second uh she was born jewel kilcher she was born in Payson, utah but moved to anchorage alaska shortly after being born you know that they'll pay you to live there yes yeah yeah and i had i, I completely <laughs> feel like that if they were doing that back then in 1974 when she was born then that's 100 percent why her family moved there because yeah. they were not like well off by any means uh, her father was a mormon but they stopped attend attending the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints after her parents divorced when she was eight years old uh which you know there's a lot of uh crazy shit that we could say about mormonism and all that stuff but we're gonna just leave that where it is uh and growing up jewel sang and yodeled in a duo with her father that's kind of how she cut her teeth uh as a young talent and she was granted a partial scholarship to the how do you pronounce it dinah interlochen arts academy yes in Michigan. which i'm assuming is pretty prestigious oh yeah okay tons <laughs> of rich kids go there okay well and and she probably so only got to go because, because she, she had was, a scholarship because she's fucking jewel and she's fucking jewel yeah. yes also i think it's interesting that jewel is actually her name yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a gr and it's a great name. It's a it's one of those epic like one word names. Yeah, yeah like, like it's better than Bono. Like, like it's yeah. better than Bono. Jewel. Like like Dinah. Like Dinah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Even like Ryan, some yeah. might say. <laughs> but also Jewel. Like if your name is Jewel, you're either a an exotic dancer 
or B, Jewel. Jewel. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. That, that, that's kind of her thing. Uh, but yeah, so when she was 15, that's when she moved to Michigan to go to that school. And after she graduated, she began exploring the coffee shop scene as a singer-songwriter. This is the time of her life that's kind of uh, that the iconic Jewel thing where she was homeless, living in a van, yeah. just you know, moving around town you to know, town. I, I got to say, a lot of her songs for the albums, like... It kind of sounds like she was cold, like like all like yeah. all like <laughs> like like like, like, like uh, you guys who follow me is like all of her songs off the album like kind of like it makes me feel like I need to like wear a sweater, right? You know? Well, she talks <laughs> about coffee a lot yeah. too, it's like on sweater songs, like, like, yeah. Like, yeah. So maybe it's because she was very cold in her car when she was writing some of the songs. Well, you know? probably, probably. But th- this is also this is a crazy thing. And she so had I- to roll the windows up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just bundle up with her cup of coffee she tried to consult, but it didn't want to talk. Yeah. That's a deep cut right, reference right. from like one of her roll songs. Roll the windows down, feeling I'm going to drown in this yeah. little top. Because she's in her car. Yeah. Because she's homeless because she yeah. lives in her car. Yeah. And is she, she was you know, writing what she knows. She's also known for her little snaggle tooth, which is one of the cutest things on the goddamn planet. Yeah. Um, she was on a TV show called Celebrity Close Calls, and it's about near-death experiences with celebrities. Like, there's tons and tons of different people on there. Uh, but she was on there because during this time of her life when she was homeless and kind of roaming around, she had this debilitating kidney infection that almost fucking killed her. A UTI. And, yeah. <laughs> Possibly van living gets gets that's, tough out there. That's what that was. And uh, her mom actually, she like goes to her mom's house, who was like starting to take care of her because she was that sick. And eventually, got to the point where it's like, "Fuck, you need to go to the damn hospital." They take her there. She's like falling out in the parking lot, walking up to the door, throwing up all over the place, all over herself. And the first thing they ask is, uh, so who's your insurance? And they're like, well, we don't have it. And they're like, okay, well, we can't help you. Even though this teenage girl is literally dying uh, in there. So the mom starts walking around and Jewel is now passed out, fainted, like dead weight being dragged back to the car. The mom doesn't know what to do. There's a doctor outside probably having like a smoke break or something. And he's like, Jesus Christ. Runs over, brings her in, helps her out. All she needed was antibiotics. Yeah, so, yeah. So then literally, she, yeah. So then she's fine. But she, that doctor continued to give her free care pretty much until she got signed. So she's written a bunch of songs about him. Oh wow. Yeah, and she credits him with uh, most of her success because if she was fucking dead, then she wouldn't have any success. Yeah. So yeah. But I mean, it was probably from like a UTI that turned into a kidney infection. Yeah, probably like for some dirty usually... old fucking songwriter hippie that she... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it was. Dude, guys, guys don't know. Guys never get UTIs because they just don't. And chicks deal with it. They never tell you about it. And then they get wash fucking your kidney hands. infections and almost fucking die. Yeah, wash your hands. Wash your wash hands. Everything. Uh, underneath the nails, too. Yeah. You got to get into there. <laughs> Yeah, these are things. See, this is why it's important that we had Dinah on this episode. Uh, also, we need a female perspective. We needed a female perspective, and also, you know, the one episode that's uh, strictly about a female, we got to have the one guest that's strictly a female. I uh, really am strictly a female. One hundred percent strictly female. <laughs> that's uh, Dinah's new show. Uh, so she was discovered uh, in the open mic scene in San Diego, uh, but she also I've heard tons of stories about her coming up to L.A. There was a really cool like kind of punk rock video store out here called Mondo video that would do open mics and El Duce of the mentors would perform there all the time and hang out there and there's actually stories of him heckling her while she was performing 
And if you don't know anything about the mentors, they're like, they were known as a rape rock band. They're absolutely super offensive and terrible. And El Duce uh, claims to have been offered $150,000 to kill Kurt Cobain for Courtney Love. Uh, that's kind of his Whoa. claim to fame. Yeah, if you watch the documentary, Kurt and Courtney, he's interviewed in that. But yeah, I could just imagine like Jewel working out like, you know, you were meant for me, like in front of like a bunch of punk rockers drinking beer in the back of a video store that would film their own pornos there and then rent them out. That's how nasty this video store was God. with like a drunk El Duce just like fucking bitch. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but again, Jewel is fucking cool. And she was like, yep, no, this is just the scene, you know, and uh, handled it. Yeah, discovered in San Diego. Uh, she was given a recording contract with Atlantic Records in 95, where she then releases her first album, Pieces of You, which became one of not the most... Not to be confused with Ashley Simpson's Pieces of Me. Yes, no, absolutely not. Yes, no, Jewel actually <laughs> sings. Yeah, Jewel actually sings. Yeah. Uh, Ashley sings. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just thinking of the one night where it mattered the most that she actually sang and Guys, <laughs> it wasn't her fault. Okay, they press the wrong button. Yeah. It happens yeah. all the oh, time. Okay. Her little like jig that she yeah, does look, to she save herself a, is definitely the, her the fault. The hoedown with her jig with her fucking <laughs> giant musical chain. Like she had like a music note like diamond chain on. It was a really good time for a fashion at that point in time. Yeah, and it yeah. was just a great time for anyone she, yeah. to get a single. Yeah, she looked amazing. It was oh iconic. Best career yeah. Moment. Yeah. So there's pieces of me, yeah. which is you know this transcendent piece of music. And then there's yeah. pieces of you, which yeah. is still pretty good, yeah. and that's you pretty, know, but uh, it's not it's no Ashley good. Simpson. Yeah. Uh, but pieces of you is actually one of the most successful debut albums of all time. It went 12 times platinum. That is fucking major for your first album when you're basically still a kid. That's fucking and homeless. Huge and homeless. Yeah. I mean, talk about rags to riches, eh? Yeah. Uh, her next album was called Spirit. That was released in '98, which is also when she infamously released her book of poems which was super highly critically acclaimed because she's a great writer but also super made fun of and was a big joke and there's like one poem in particular I tried to find it but I, I couldn't but it's about like Kid Rock basically and it was when Kid Rock and Pam Anderson were to get were getting together and like they would always pull out like this clip of Jewel reading about like they're groupies with their plastic breasts. Like, but like there's right. just like a poem about like that kind of thing. Right. And it's always was aimed in the media towards them for some reason. They were just trying to start beef. Okay. Then. Honestly, Pamela's cool. I've, yeah, she's great. I've met and hung out with her before. She's really chill and really cool. And you know what? Fuck anybody that wants to criticize her big yeah, fake fuck boobs. Fuck you, Jewel. <laughs> like, I mean, I love Jewel, but like, dude, it's like, fuck you if you're going to make fun of chicks for having well, breast implants. I, I also feel like though, back then there wasn't such like a, a movement like nowadays it's like you know girls aren't supposed to tear each other down that's like a big thing and like everyone's no i mean you could tear a bitch down if she's lame but well, like yeah, but you know what i mean but back then it was like like yeah. now it'd be like why are you shaming yeah you know yeah, what totally. i mean like the, yeah. the word shaming wasn't really used back then so yeah, yeah jewel could like talk shit and there's like yeah well that's because jewel's yeah. like really smart and pam's not it's like uh, pam actually pam's like a really fucking icon <laughs> and like yeah and, and a force to be reckoned with no i've definitely had conversations with her she's really really intelligent and very cool i believe it yeah, yeah. and she had like one of the first major sex tapes of all time mm -hmm. which is not you know lest we forget um there's a great interview too we're gonna try and find the sample uh from it if we can't then we can't but it's an interview with kurt loader and jewel after her book came out and he's basically calling her out on typos and misspellings where he's like you said the word uh you walk away with such casualty uh don't you mean casualness and she's like well there's different types of casualties he's like well, no, there's not. There's people that have been killed during war, and then there's casualness. And she's just like, 
you're being an asshole or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. If we can find the sample, it's going to go right here. I want to ask you about this. Now, there's a there's a there's a line you have. There's, there are nightmares on the sidewalks. There are jokes on TV. Mm-hmm. There are people selling thoughtlessness with such casualty. Mm-hmm. Casualty doesn't mean that, does it? I mean, casualty is like a guy gets his bl- arm blown off. Right? I mean, isn't that? Like, that's a type of casualty. What? It's a type of casualty. That's the one kind of. Like... No, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were trying to say casualness. No, casualty. Do you take computers on the road? Do you like, log on? Do you, no. you know, email? Kind of. I'm a bit archaic. I mean, I still write everything by hand, and Ooh. it's quite archaic. Wow. It is Al. I just, I'm not, a, I'm dyslexic as heck. I mean, I just cannot type well. Really? Wow. That'd be a problem for a writer. It is a bit of a problem. <laughs> I mean, putting the book together was like everything was by hand. I had to recop it legibly together. That explains casualty, probably. That probably does. It was just. You smart ass for pointing that out. Just. Next topic. Also around this time, uh, the Lilith Fair was coming into its own. The Lilith Fair was founded by Sarah McLaughlin. It was a huge, like, touring music festival, kind of like a warp tour or something, but it was all females in music. So you had, like, Sarah McLaughlin, Cheryl Crow, the Indigo Girls, Katie Lang played on some. Lesbian music festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Birkenstocks. Uh, you know, there was very little uh, use of shaving razors happening um, at the Lilith Fair. <laughs> yeah, I actually know a guy that went one year with his girlfriend. And he's just like, yeah, everyone fucking hated me. And he was just wearing, like, cargo shorts and sandals. Like, he was, like, a nerd. He wasn't, like, standing out in any particular way. But uh, they could just smell it on him. Yeah. <laughs> they could yeah. smell the the disdain. But Jewel was a major fixture of, of the Lilith Fair. There's a, a official DVD and VHS release of the Lilith Fair. Uh, yeah, she's on it a whole bunch. And then at the end of the festival, all the artists get up on stage basically together. Like, Lisa Loeb's there, Jewel, all of them. They all sing a big song, and Jewel takes a yodeling solo, which is kind of one of her, like, weird traits marks along with being a great songwriter and having all these hits she's also known for doing this kind of like bluegrass yodeling deal that's like fucking pretty crazy mm-hmm. i don't think she really she's even quirky. does it she, she she's quirky and, and she she's down do home a lot. She, she doesn't yodel. yeah i don't think she does it a lot here she i don't think she yodeled at a woodstock i don't though. think so at all she did not because she was way too high on ecstasy yeah <laughs> just like barely touching the mic <laughs> yeah. as she does so delicately yeah. uh, i wish but, i was uh, a ryan did you did you catch this uh i see that she had her own two-day concert called jewel stock what Have you heard about this That's no sick. yeah it says in uh july of 96 Oh, um, damn. And it was in up, upstate New York. Well, so, if you're going to have any have kind of stock. information besides that, but she had her own Woodstock-themed festival. God damn. Yeah, no, she was a force to be reckoned with. She got fucking huge. Um, also, she's been like a pretty consistent guest on the Howard Stern Show, and uh, we're big Stern fans uh, over here at Podcast 99, and like... You know, that's a pretty racy, raunchy show to, to be on a lot. And she's just, again, fucking cool. Like, despite how delicate her songwritings are and despite, like, her interviews where she's very, you know, calm and collected, she's also down to, like, talk shit and, like, has no qualms with, like, just being, like, a fucking rad chick to hang out with. Like, out of the three queens of Woodstock 99, Jewel is a, like... She's definitely my Mary fuck and kill kill because the world doesn't deserve her. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, whereas like I don't think I'd really like want to hang out with Cheryl Crow too much. Alanis would probably be fun for like a second. But then I feel like I don't know. Alanis to me just strikes me as like a loud drunk, uh, which there's no proof behind that. I just feel like that. My that I just I don't know. That's just my judgment. 
Uh, one last thing before we get into the set, <laughs> I I have I have to shout out her Instagram. Jewel's Instagram is one of the most wholesome things you'll ever experience. It's her living in this beautiful lakeside cabin uh, with her sons and her husband and her and her sons sing together and they, they play guitar and she'll like show pictures that they drew of her and uh, she cooks a lot and you know, it's always some kind of sweet veggie bowl deal. And if you're an avid Instagram uh, celebrity follower like myself or like like Dinah here, you'd probably be uh, familiar with the Britney Spears Instagram, which is mm-hmm. one of the mo- – it's like a robot runs it. It's Well, Britney is a robot. Yeah. So yeah, she's not a real that, that would be, human. That would be uh, accurate for you to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Britney has been uh, – she's in a cage. And yeah. <laughs> It's a really nice cage, but it is a cage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> both both the house that she's confined to and the the head that her crazy brain is stuck in. Yeah. She's a prisoner. Um, yeah. She is a prisoner. I like her fashion videos. I like when oh. she like does her little runway shows. Yeah. In, in her no, mansion. No, it's it's uh it's it's nice. It's Britney's little way of you know showing that she's okay, and everyone <laughs> is that claps. what it's showing? Is that what it's showing? When you know, she's it's... she's doing her thing, and, and everyone claps, and it's kind of like watching you know someone who's very sick, who's been injured, walk for the first time. Oh my god! <laughs> oh so... god! I think she's like blinking Morse code or something. Yeah, <laughs> help. <laughs> well, but, Jewel, but wait, have the, you the reason se- why have you seen her paint? Well, sorry. Oh my God! Britney yes. Spears painting. Yes. You've and seen that one, yeah. That's my that's like, my favorite. For like upwards of tens of thousands of dollars. Well, fuck like, yeah! Yeah, they, yeah. I'm sure they did. <laughs> well, her but that video, the re- the reveal, the reveal of her, like what she's painting, is just incredible. Yeah. Well, and Jewel <laughs> has video of her painting as well, but it's a totally different theme. And the reason why I bring up Britney is because you have these two major female stars that were basically on the rise at the exact same time. And it's like complete and total fucking opposites of each other. It's like you have the one that's like, hello, boys. How do you like your ice cream sundaes? And then you have Jewel who's just like, this is just me and my son sitting on the patio. And he's like, love you, mom. And it's just like so fucking real that you're like, God damn. Like th- this is probably what Britney Spears thinks her Instagram looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, neither here nor there. I but wonder, that's... I wonder if Jewel posts any good workout videos like Britney. I think. Jules just felt because she eats the right foods and lives in a clean air area and like <laughs> takes care of herself. That's what we all want. Yeah. That's what we all, you know, it rained today in uh, in hell in, Lo- in Los Angeles, right. <laughs> which is really great. And I don't know if you guys have, you know, been breathing some of the air, but boy, is it fresh. Yes. Yes. No, this is it, new. it's nice. I was actually concerned. Actually, it's perfect that it was raining today and thundering and all that good stuff because that sets the stage for the set at Woodstock 99 because mm-hmm. the skies are completely overcast. It does start to rain during her set. She mentions she's like, I love rain. Um, <laughs> great. But uh, it gets it gets really wet. And it, that, of course, begets more mud and everything else. And some of our survivors have talked about how, yeah, it started raining that day. Um, it also rained the night before a little bit. So when everyone woke up Sunday, Day, not only were they all sore from having to see Limp Bizkit, Rage, and Metallica play back to back, but everything is fucking destroyed. Um, so, starting off the set, Brother Weiss, the you know the raspy voice announcer, who's now completely at the very end of his voice, uh, he announces her as Atlantic Recording Artist Jewel, and she comes Atlantic out. Atlantic Recording Artist. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely losing it by that time just because he's fucking screaming about tits and shit like for the last four days um, into a microphone where it's like you don't have to scream into the microphone. Um, the skies, yeah, like I said, they're dark. It's super windy. You can see everyone's hair blowing and everything like that. Uh, and the crowd definitely turned out for Jewel. I mean, at this time, she was fucking massive. So there's a shitload of people there. The audience is predominantly female, which is really one of the first times we've seen that. Even during Alanis or Sheryl Crow, you don't really see that. And there was, like, you know, the horrific sexual assault that we talked about that happened during Alanis Morissette. Sheryl Crow gets heckled on stage to the point where she has to address it, t- being told to take her top off. Um, so, but this one, it, it's a definite different vibe and I feel like maybe it's mostly eerie because we know what's about to happen in a couple hours and this is kind of like the calm before the storm or maybe it's just cause it's Jewel and people are fucking mellowed out and it's like the crowd that wanted to go see Jewel because on the other stage it's seven dust. So <laughs> you have this like complete split of people. Um, she is, I am claiming this, uh, Parks, you might dispute but i'm gonna say best dressed female for oh, sure for, if, if not if not absolutely. overall if for not sure. overall. Yes. no i i saw that outfit i was like style. those leather bands are really really cute yeah I'm, one's red one's black i'm loving the black tank top and these like very these very chill capri pants yeah split capri she has yeah. green like what are those kinds of shoes called like the platformy like strap Oh, uh, I'm not exactly sure what brand, but she's wearing strappy platforms. Yes. And (laughs) chunkies. She looks very, very cute. She looks great. Yeah. If she was wearing that right now, I think, you know, it would pass. It it would fly today. Yeah. Well, and that that to me is our gauge, how I gauge best dressed. It's like, is the does this still work now? (laughs) <laughs> and if it still works yes. now, then you're in the running for best dressed because you're not like so fucking sucked into this like void of terrible late 90s fashion that uh, for some reason the richest people on the planet got sucked into. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you can all afford better shit. But uh, anyways, some yeah. Of so the band, some of the band fall like falls into some traps. The guitar players got. Some weird stuff going on. Yeah. He, he doesn't look that great. Well, the, the guitarist it's, is dressed like the singer of live at Woodstock 94. This is These are all very deep cuts that only you longtime listeners will even <laughs> like grasp. But uh, cry. Yeah. Li- well, live played at 94 and 99. In 99, he's like shirtless, shaved head. In 94, he's like baggy pants, big baggy shirt, cowboy hat. And that's what the guitarist is wearing. Yes. Yeah. Lightning hey, clashes or crashes. Um, what, what? Well, also, you know, none, no one else in the band fucking matters. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, really. Right. No, they, they all it's all very obvious that these are like these really like hired session musicians that are backing her up. Right. Like, that's yeah. What it, well, that's and- what it seems to me. And that plays into like the drummer. He had it's kind of interesting. He has one of those big glass panel acoustic screens in front of him, which none of the other acts had. It's like what you see like when right. you go to like, That's a, like a youth church group thing. At, yeah, it's a church thing exactly. It's a yeah. like youth group at yeah. church. I don't know why he has that. I don't think it's fucking necessary when you're playing in front of a hundred thousand people uh, outside. But maybe I, he didn't want anything thrown at him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like a shit screen. Yeah. Well, and Jenny Oleski, when we had her on the show, she said that she had heard rumors that someone threw a shoe at Jewel, which I didn't see happen on on the uh, on the video. But it's very possible. There, there at least was an attempt yeah. made, most likely. Um, also, but yeah, if you have a glass, if you have a glass panel around your drum set, I mean, that's like top tier of like professional musician type of gear to have like when you have gear to protect your gear yes like you're really getting into some extreme professionalism right there 
Yeah, absolutely. So. And it, but again, it's just fucking weird because it's you're outside. You're playing. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I, but again, she she plays a lot of acoustic instruments, so maybe it has something to do with that. I don't know. But maybe Nina's right. Maybe it was just like I've seen <laughs> how much He's shit's like... going on up there. Uh, also, this is a rare thing. So as it pans to the crowd, we see our very first sighting of male shoulder titties. Now, as as you guys know from listening, <laughs> the shoulder titties are, are the bare breasts that are atop someone else's shoulders. This is a man on someone's shoulders, literally lifting his shirt up. He has like Marry Me Jewel or something written on his chest. It's all sweated off. So all you can see is like blah, 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 Jewel, like on his chest. But he's he's a he's like basically kind of like cutting edge, really. He's a trailblazer for topless males at, at Woodstock 99 first sighting of the male shoulder titties um, there's also tons of signs being held up like a yeah, WWF there's a, match uh, there's definitely a sign that says marry me jewel and well, the camera goes to it often if you if you see it though when the set starts the guy's holding it upside down <laughs> which is just like <laughs> super fucking funny and doofy but yeah there's tons of signs one says yodel for me jewel a lot of them say marry me uh, some one of them just says jewel like it's, of course. Well, I think we really need to talk about her opening because she literally has like a 10 minute (laughs) intro. That's just her. Yeah. Just she cold opens. Just just dancing, just dancing for a good 10 minutes. That and and she sings without anyone playing too. like the band comes out after her, uh, which is, you know, again, it's like a cold open. But the crowd is fucking sucked in. Like yeah. they're yeah the the applause is incredible like it's a it's re- they're really there they're with it right yes um and I believe yeah and she she does a lot of dancing I would say I would argue this Jewel set has a lot more sexual energy than Alanis or Cheryl Crow's uh duh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like overt or like you know, pervy or anything, but she's just like very self-aware. She's very feeling herself. She's doing like dances where she's like, yeah, like I look fucking cute. And, uh, and it, it definitely delivers uh, the goods, so to speak, but in a very jewel way. And again, I think it's just in contrast where like Alanis had this like hard hitting, like I'm a fucking badass rock chick. And Cheryl Crow had like the too cool for school, like accomplished. Like she was definitely kind of like the, the senior of the bunch. Um, whereas like Jules like seems to be, feeling herself a little bit she's more like i'm rolling she's on ecstasy yeah <laughs> i bought a pill in the parking lot i bought a pill in the parking lot i'm gonna sing some really sexy cool jams that could be like a jewel song <laughs> i bought a pill in a parking, parking lot, lot. <laughs> yeah and now i'm singing I some mean, of my she, favorite songs like she she's kind of like i mean like pulling like a lana like before yeah. Lana even existed. So, ah, yeah. everything comes from somewhere, folks. Yeah. Uh, her next song that she goes into is Hands. These hands are small, I know. Uh, it's one of her big hits. Um, and she cr- she tries to get the crowd to sing the first line, which is, if I could tell the world one thing, it'd be we're all okay. And she wants the crowd to say we're all okay. No one does. So she goes back and does it again. She also mentions that she has the coolest job in the world. Uh, We're just going to play that sample really quick because there's not too many samples we have for this, so let's get them where we can. Today I have the coolest job in the world, I think. (laughs) Coolest job in the world indeed, even though I feel like I would rather be Fred Durst at this moment in time. (laughs) Now I would rather be Jewel, but (laughs) at the time I would rather be uh, Fred Durst. He had a pretty cool job as well. So did the guy in charge of... uh, well, I guess if you're at the coolest job at Woodstock 99 would be the guy in charge of water. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> such a cool, awesome, fun job. Yeah. I couldn't imagine just how, about how the guy, wonderful. People who booked it. 
the people who booked it, that's a pretty cool uh, job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the people who booked it or, you know, the people that the people that have to clean up the trash afterwards. Awesome. That's, that's uh, Oh, there were none of those. Oh, yeah. oh, oh <laughs> that, right. That's the thing. Oh, right. <laughs> that would have been a cool job, uh, but Such they, cool they weren't job. there. Oh, also, as it goes through the crowd, you see a guy who I'd call the Crocodile Dundee guy because he's got like the the right hat on and he's got a vest on. But this is something that I've really only seen happen during Jewel set where people are like st- like they're being held up by their feet. So there's they're crowd surfing standing up, uh, but not on the plywood like we saw during Limp Bizkit. Uh, they're literally just being held up standing there, almost like cheerleaders. Uh, and he's up there for a fucking long ass time. Uh you know, God bless the people well, holding him up. There's a there's a woman also who seems to be standing for a large portion of the set, and you can yeah. see her, and she's st- and it's like, how is she doing that? Like, how is she being up? They're like being the Jesus Christ of long? Woodstock '99. They're just walking on the well, water that is people. They're on drugs. One of my favorite yeah. <laughs> moments <laughs> that does give you uh, strength I'll tell and you, you lose your you sense do of time. That. Yeah. You're on drugs. You're on drugs. Yeah. And you can do anything when you're on drugs. Like if someone was trying to do that at a show I was at, and they're like, "Dude, give me a boost." I'd be like, "Fuck you!" Like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to touch you. And no, I'm not going to fucking commit to this. Whenever you're high on ecstasy. You're like, oh my god! You're Do you my need brother. Any help? You're yeah. my friend. I will help you. I have all this weird energy, and I can do it for sure. Do you need help standing on top of my shoulders for forty-five minutes? Yeah, your shoes are caked in human shit and mud. Let me grab them for an hour. But and I, they, and you I do love it. this woman though, because you, she. There's this one moment where Jules like singing. It's like the start of a song, and it's very somber. There's like a very kind of like a dark mood going on and the camera shot has you see her and then you see this woman standing but she somehow grabbed like two fistfuls of toilet paper (laughs) and she's doing this sort of like hippie poi dance yes yes and it's fucking toilet paper hands around with toilet paper yeah it's like like ribbon doing sort of a ballet with it yeah, it's like ribbon dancing. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I was, we were talking about this on the last episode, like because toilet paper on the last day seemed I, to just be flying all over the I, place. That I have such a pet peeve. For, that's just so gross. You don't like seeing toilet paper being wasted. I just, it's just <laughs> something about like paper and just like, it's just no, it just bothers me. Yeah. Well, there's you just, know, stop trying to church it up. There's you know a what thing. I mean? Yeah. I just no. Yeah, it, it is really funny though. Yeah, she's definitely like feeling like, oh man, that's drug shit. When you think that toilet yeah. paper looks as good as ribbon dancing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah that is, or or <laughs> not even drugs. drug shit. That could just be stupid hippie fucking bullshit. You're, well, true too. Yeah. They have they have so many good ideas. It's the perfect for storm. Things. You know, like they you know make little creechlings out of sticks <laughs> and sell them and like it's art. Apparently, they, they like, suck Nas down. Yeah, it's yeah. like they're they're really cool people obviously yes but see jewel though was so big that it's not like a mickey hart thing or even like rusted root who 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 had just played like right before yeah yeah they played on the other stage yeah oh yeah oh Oh, we we were not happy to have to watch that whole set that i mean but it's different because jewel doesn't fit into that realm jewel is like the singer songwriter like not pop but I don't know. There was just a big push for that kind of music then, so she doesn't really fit into the hippie mold. It's bigger but than it that. Can, but yeah. you can see why it's sympathetic. Absolutely. It's sympathetic with hippie vibes. Yes, yes, definitely. She, and it is, is 69 very, vibes. She's very unique. The, she's there's very lots unique, of 69 vibes. Yeah. 
she also announces that she's going to play her new song, Jupiter, but then they start playing uh, You Were Meant For Me. So, you know, which is a much better and bigger song. So she was she a little confused. So she does a hoedown. And yeah, 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 yeah. So she does the does Ashley the, Simpson so hoedown to make up. She does the hoedown. <laughs> she's like, they pressed the wrong button. And now I have to sing my hit song live. Yeah. Oh, Fuck. no. Fuck. You're going you're gonna to upset Ryan with these comparisons to Ashley Simpson. No, no. It's, I, 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 this is why, we, this is why I, we wanted Dinah on the show. Because yeah. I, I have an extensive uh, music catalog of, yeah. of knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Just pop culture. Well, you know, yeah. you're like me. Pop yeah. culture uh, historian, a- anthropologist of bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, also an interesting thing, the backdrop of the stage that's been behind every artist this entire time is now raised up. So you can see right through the stage, right through the backing. Uh, and I'm guessing that that was done because it was so windy and I'm sure that it was like catching it and like everything else at Woodstock 99 was so shitty that I'm sure they didn't plan on that. So the stage could have just like completely blown down if they didn't pull up what essentially became a giant sale. Um, but wouldn't it be but funny? The wind, sorry, the wind, yeah, yeah. it makes her hair look fucking fantastic. Yeah, no, definitely. And then the rain it's comes so and you can nice. kind of see it glistening on her face. God, I just fucking love Jules so goddamn fucking much. Uh, but again, it, it all plays into this eerie thing. The reason why this is a legend set isn't necessarily because it was so fucking crazy or there's so many huge highlights it's because of this like premonition this eerie omen of shit that's about to come where it's like you really have a moment to breathe and it just seems really like oh fuck man like almost like before a breakdown happens in a song or like before the bass drops like at a rave everyone's kind of like ooh, what's gonna happen and us as spectators of woodstock 99 history we're watching the jewel set being like, Ooh man, like all this shit's about to fucking pop off. And everyone thinks they have it so good now with their toilet paper and their, uh, <laughs> male titties and signs and everything else. Also the, the marry me jewel sign that was upside down at some point he realizes it and turns it the right way. <laughs> so he did know that he did that. Uh, yeah. One of my notes here, she definitely has some sexual energy. Chill out, Ryan. Uh, yeah, you already mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Easy. But she- <laughs> Jewel's hot. Ju- oh yeah. By the way, guys, Jewel is hot. You're kidding. <laughs> She's had, the hottest one there. That's crazy. Oh yes. my god. Wait, a female musician. No, no. She's also good looking. Brought some sexual energy to the stage. You know what else is crazy? She went to school. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Sorry, you don't understand. We, we've been we've been in this for a minute. There's been a lot of dudes. This this festival has been a sausage fest. Yes, a hundred percent. We're gonna take what we can get. Should here. I make the inappropriate? I'm just gonna go there. I'm going to seventh grade right now. Woodcock '99. Um, but anyways. <laughs> So the the streams of that's toilet a, that's paper. A great name <laughs> Back to for the toilet festival. paper. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I, it would be a great like gay festival. Like what? <laughs> Woodcock '99. Like absolutely. Let's yeah. Go, like WeHo what? right now. Like down. Ah, uh, my God. Yeah. Well. Oh my God. We should start a hippie bar there called Woodcocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or just just Woodcock '69. Except like they're not like real hippies. They're like. They're like hot hippies. Yeah, they're like yoga hippies. Yeah, like, like, like they spend like five hundred bucks on a crystal. Yeah, not on crystal, but on yeah, a crystal. On a crystal. <laughs> uh, the toilet paper thing, though, we did talk about the girl dancing with it, but also it's just being thrown like streamers, like this entire set, but not in the way we saw like with Everlast, where they're trying to hit them. This is more of like a celebratory thing uh, that that you see, and then comes my favorite fucking moment of the jewel set and one of my top three favorite moments of the entire festival and it's when she plays her song foolish games which is on the batman and robin soundtrack along with uh 
Kiss from a Rose, <laughs> which is an, another great song, not of hers, but just uh, of history. And I consider it to be a very transcendent moment because everyone's fucking quiet. You really don't hear any hecklers because usually when, when any of the other women that were playing would kind of tone it down, you just hear, show us your tits or like, fuck you or whatever. This isn't really happening. And everyone seems to be really dialed in. At this point, she has taken the cowboy hat from her guitarist and put it on, upping her outfit uh, another point. So she's mm -hmm. almost up for like, best dress twice because just that hat changes everything and yes. it, it's it's really quiet foolish games is a very dark song where again she mentions coffee coffee because <laughs> she's fucking cold she's, uh, she's cold in her car she's drinking free coffee from the coffee shop yeah i bet jewel could walk into any coffee shop on the planet and they just owe her coffee for yeah like being a coffee. Like, it's like dave matthews it's like oh dude you your music's been played in so many coffee shops like we owe you yeah just <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah, she she kind of fits into the coffee core genre, I'd say a little bit, uh, which, which was huge. But at this time in the crowd, you can see two guys carrying fucking empty beer kegs over their heads, making their way through the crowd. Now, I have no fucking idea where they got them, why they have them or what they're going to do with them. But you can fucking see them. And they're like <laughs> just like making their way through the crowd, carrying these empty kegs. Uh, I'm going to say those are hooligans. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> they surely were. <laughs> Which, there there were not a lot of hooligans at Woodstock. Yeah, I mean, contrary to yeah. my Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but it was a very clean-cut crowd. You know, there, <laughs> there really wasn't anything out of the ordinary happening. So, these two kegs. That's what... If we go by the jewel version of Woodstock, then you're absolutely correct. Yeah, if, if you just this, watched this video, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that seems like oh, Woodstock. Oh, a nice little time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then, uh, you know, the, the stage now is soaked because it hasn't stopped raining. You can actually tell now that it's raining because it's hard sometimes on the pay-per-view feed. Like, for instance, during the Chemical Brothers set, which was at night, it's raining, and they even had to do, like, a warning about lightning and stop their set. You can't really tell. This time you can tell, and it just adds to the grossness of everything. Everyone looks really dirty. And speaking of things being totally normal, totally uh, Woodstock-esque, uh, you can see a giant inflatable dick uh, being passed around in the background that somehow makes its way from the back all the way up to the front. Uh, just Right, but the, the timing of when that dick, or at least when I saw it, comes with uh, when she plays that song Race Car Driver. Yes, which is about or a it might have appeared dude that's an It asshole. might have appeared before, but yeah, it's, it's really funny that right when she talks about this like this asshole guy then someone just blows Boom. up this like six foot tall <laughs> dick yeah yeah i well, love that song and i love that it got away like like for instance when we would see people passing around like blow up dolls it's like was the guy that brought that like fuck man that goes like my gag for like the whole fucking weekend but we haven't seen this inflatable dick in any of the other sets so someone was saving this for jewel and jewel most definitely saw that fucking inflatable dick there's no way that you couldn't, and it traveled too much. Mm -hmm. So we know that's for sure. Um, also, so that song, yeah, she mentions this is a very like Van era jewel thing. She mentions uh, hitchhiking, and this guy picked her up, and it's uh, this is a, a very jewel sample here. I got picked up hitchhiking once, and the guy uh, wasn't very nice. So I dedicate this to him, asshole. And then as as the this song goes on, which is, yeah, basically about a guy trying to impress her. It's all about his car and she's using a lot of uh, interesting symbolism and, you know, it's a small man, big car kind of thing. All, all those great cliches. Cars as sexual metaphors. Yes. Uh, of but course, coming from a, a female perspective instead of a dude 
you know, right. Well, and, about I mean, cars. no one likes cars more than us. You know, I'm kind of a dude's dude when it comes to cars yeah. uh, with my fucking 2005 Acura MDX. Tracy Chapman likes cars. Tracy Chapman does <laughs> like cars. She likes them fast. Wait, is, wait, is she's a, kind of a greaser. Wait, is a, is a fast car about a guy with a small dick? And uh, No, I think she actually really wanted nice to escape car. the impoverished life that right. she was in. Oh, really? Really? And it's 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 a, it's a not about a dude? Yeah, well, yeah, and I his know. car. Is, wow. did, did hey, why does fast car mean small dick? I mean, it could be big and he's just using it quickly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you have a big dick and you're super fast, which is also like a diss at dudes. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know what's worse. You've got a small dick. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be small enough to get you? Yeah, <laughs> my God. Okay, well, we're going to be working on this song all fucking day. Uh, but I, I like this because she's, I mean, she, this song, she is kind of roasting the 99, the, the, the American guy in 99, or at least one set of the American guy, which I think a lot of them were here. There's another line in the song where she's making fun of him for having fuzzy dice in his car, which I feel like is literally the entire aesthetic of the band Lit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're just like everyone in Lit has like fuzzy dice. Damn. Totally. She, no, yeah, and they were she there. She went for the jugular. They're probably like fuck they're probably she, on the stage drinking roasting. beer watching Jewel cuz that's what Lit would do. Yeah. And they're probably like fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean who okay? If Jewel was gonna get with any of the guys that played at Woodstock '99, it would probably be someone in Guster, or damn, or maybe this I feel like her and Zach De La Roca could have gotten together, just because they yeah, seem very selling uh, her short, right? Well, who, who would you who would you power with? Oh no, I like. I mean, maybe the ra- I think the Rage. I think maybe yeah, Zach De La Roca. You know, you got. I mean, she's a superstar. She's an outspoken individual. Well, yeah, but you know, she's not gonna know? go for any old bullshit. Like I feel like she'd have some stuff in common with the guys in Guster, maybe. Like uh, taking mushrooms and <laughs> living in a van, but uh, so, so yeah, but what you were talking about though that like this she does this dig uh like where it's almost like a spoken word part of the song that we're gonna play here where it's all about how the guy kind of switches gears on her and wants her to know no I'm not a dig I'm not like a dick or a pig actually I'm actually really sensitive and like well versed and I feel like this is something that a lot of dudes try and do now where it's like oh no I'm not a threat like I'm all about your issues and it's like dude you are digging yourself into a fucking hole right now just admit that sometimes you're an asshole you know what I mean and uh, I I love this because yeah it's, she. she it's also like a lot of nineties references that happen. Like for instance, like Oprah was a major fucking, she's still like a force, but you know, in the nineties it was like Oprah at Oprah's Oprah ist. Uh, yeah. Which is a lot Oprah of Oprah. At Oprah's Oprah. Yes. I see. I, I can make up words like that. And, uh, standing and operation. Oh my God. Operation. Is it a favorite book in the stomach? Do you, know, the game? Do no? you know that her fucking network is called own? The Oprah Winfrey Network. Yeah, and Own. it's it's in West Hollywood, the headquarters, and it used mm-hmm. to be the United Artists Building, which is uh, the studio that Charlie Chaplin founded, who was also a pervert. Uh, not that Oprah was, but I don't know why I said also. Was that a yeah, slip? I, I <laughs> you think, know, who much like Oprah was a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Oprah <laughs> might be the opposite of a pervert. Uh, yeah, well, we don't know. She's the woman who's reigning her good vengeance after. Uh, <laughs> Being uh, victimized by perverts. Yes, this is true. Life. Yeah, and Oprah is, a, is she's obviously a queen. But yeah. the, in this sample, yeah, the, the point it, that she's trying to make is like Oprah would be something that a guy would tell a girl to try and pick her up. Like, oh no, I watch Oprah. Right. So, so right, let's take right. a listen to that really quick. I'm a sensitive man of the 90s, sweetheart. I like small animals. I call my mother at least twice a month. I carry a handkerchief in my lapel in case you cry. 
I watch Oprah. Because I'm a sensitive man of the 90s and I care for your emotional being an awful lot. I'm a sensitive man of the 90s. Uh, that's, yeah, there's definitely some guys in the crowd that were listening to that and being like, fuck, is that? I'm getting roasted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting roasted right now. So, so like, what would be, like, the equivalent of, like, like an, that today? Just, like, dudes that's, who are, it's like. It's the nice, like the, the nice guy. Like, the kind of, like, uh, like, beta, like, indie comic yeah. kind of scene. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, oh, no, I know about all these words. It's like, yeah, but you're also a fucking creep still. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, just, like. Just, Definitely. just don't be a fucking creep. You don't have to be proud of not being a creep because that's how you're supposed to be. And when you start talking about that stuff, you end up being written about by Jewel. Hey, uh, yeah. It's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Clothing, like uh, the, the ally. The yes. fake ally. Yeah, the fake yeah. ally. Yeah, uh, uh, ex exactly. And uh, I just love that she calls that out. I mean, all of the women, I, I feel like except for Alanis. I mean, Sheryl Crow calls out the fucking dickheads. Uh, then Alanis kind of just does her fucking rock thing and is Alanis's you know. entire album is a call out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. It's all in the songs. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's all in the songs. But she doesn't take the like. She, she doesn't yeah. make it anyone else's fucking problem during the set. You know what right. I mean? And this was also part of part of the song too. So it's not like Jules taking time in between songs to say this shit. But it's very like. You know, the music tones down. It's a spoken part and it's like very just digging and is a great I, th I think it's a great moment. It's a great like vengeful kind of deal because, yeah, on top of all the fucking dickhead assholes that there were at Woodstock 99 committing all these terrible acts against women this entire fucking time. You also, I'm sure, have dudes that were trying to be the comforter that had bad intentions too. like just bad shit was running rampant there and i just love any time it's being called out on stage and i yeah. consider this to be one of those moments uh, but, but it, 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 the fact that we bring is it, it is hard to not think about how the fact that essentially every day would have one female headliner as if they were just like this is a pre like this is the checklist like yes yeah let's have one so we say we did. And now granted, we've all we've, you know, acknowledged their talents within it, but it's still just been like one per day. Yeah. One. Th that's it. And it wasn't like that all at right. Stock ninety four. There was that. a ton. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a ton of female artists there. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what, why that was. It, but also that just fucking totally plays into the fucking narrative that Woodstock '99 was a super kind of weird negative environment that like is bore from, uh, you know, toxic masculinity, if you will, which is you know a, a theme of a lot of a uh, Jewel songs and her poetry as well. Um, she then plays her big hit though, "Who Will Save Your Soul." That's like a massive moment. That song is a really tough karaoke call. It's a tall order. Uh, I don't know if y'all ever tried to do that. It's almost is, like a rap. Is that song. song ten minutes live, or ten minutes long in the recorded version? Because it's ten minutes long here. I don't think so. But they also like jam it out for a while, and she does her like they oh jam, for a yeah. while. Yeah, her like hippie for, dances for yeah. a very it, long time. It, this <laughs> well, I will say that they, they jam it this, out for. It gets kind of hippie. It's that that kind of the coffee shop jazz. She's yeah, like almost she's sort of scatting a little or kind of. Oh, she yeah. scats. Yeah, she. Or she's doing the call and response. The guitar player is like, wee dee doo and then yeah. she's like, oh, wabba da ba da bo. Yeah, do that for a long yeah. time. She's she's fully doing the whole thing. But still, no, no real yodeling to be heard. I'm still fucking with it. Still fucking with it. Yeah, no, I'm it's absolutely good. invested still. Uh, and and it's it, yeah, it's amazing. Also, there's a great video of Jewel uh, that Funny or Die put out where they put her in all this makeup to make her look like uh, basically a just fug. a less attractive a fug. version. A fug. A fug. A fug. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. They, well, they make her the duff in, in her group. Um, but it, really, she just looks like a, kind of like a less attractive jewel. But uh, they have her go to a karaoke bar in disguise. Like she's like with a bunch of work friends and she goes up there and sings jewel songs. And the whole fucking bar is like, holy shit. This person sounds just like fucking Jewel, and she's nailing all these songs, and then they do the big reveal. But she does this song, and everyone loses it because there's a part where it's like a rap where it's like tons of words in a short amount of time, super fast, and no one could fucking nail that at karaoke properly. And she does because it's hers, and everyone fucking loses it. They're like trying to tear the place apart. I highly recommend that video. Um, Damn. Now you're reminding me of that. What was that song, Intuition? Oh she yeah, like, she, she like yeah. went yeah. hot, girls. Well, she didn't go pop. Like, th- that's the thing. It came off that way, and they and they named what? Like, what was the female like hygiene? But they, it was there, there was like a shaving lotion or something that was called yeah. intuition, or maybe okay. it was like a razor or something. Intuition. Right? She did like a, yeah, yeah. Listen. She did like a Britney Spears thing. It was and a people, social yeah. commentary. Yes, yes it on was. It media was. and finance and <laughs> what was going on in the world, and it was. Very artful and very highbrow, and the fact that she was taking on this kind of pop star character was yeah. part of the art. Yeah, it's the it's a yeah it's, it was a, it was a dig. It's levels right. like an onion. <laughs> it is levels, and it's it's a great and it's a great song as is. You know, it transcended her genre and other yeah. genres. She's a great artist. Well, and at that point in her career too, this is a few years after ninety nine. She started um, like using a little bit more electronics, like her song Standing Still, which is one of her best songs ever, has like electronic drums behind it rather than acoustic. So she was doing different things. But yeah, Intuition, it was totally lost on most people that, yeah, it's a fucking parody. It's a satire. And like the whole yeah. music video is like brought to you by Jewel. Yeah. Like, and it's like a fake commercial thing where everything's product placement. And that's like, that's the bit. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, she did not play that at Woodstock 99. She hadn't been come. She hasn't become that embittered well, by the industry yet. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah, I, it was not the right audience. No, uh, they wouldn't have got that shit. They would have just been like, fuck yeah, you're hot. Yeah, it's bullshit. But yeah, intuition's great. Um, then that's kind of the end of the set, but she leaves for a second, obviously to take her little like pre-encore uh, break, and some guy comes out. Now, Parks, could you hear what he said his name was? Was it Jared Tuff? Uh, you know, I'm not remembering right off the top of my head what his name was, but I do know that he called himself the Woodstock King or the oh. King of Woodstock. Yeah, he said he's the King of Woodstock. His, his last name's Tough, and yes. he's the King of Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, well, wait, the King of Woodstock last name was it King Tough? But um, oh <laughs> no, and he has like huge gold chains on too. He obviously was backstage most of the time because there's no way those things would have survived. And he's in a Hawaiian shirt, and yeah, it makes a big spectacle. We'll just listen to this really quick because it's like, who the fuck is this guy? Who gave you the microphone? Why are you talking during Jules' set? Uh, what's going on here? What's up, what's up? motherfucking town, all right? My name is Jared Tuff, and I'm the official Woodstock King, all right? So what's going on? Oh, come on. King, the king of, of, of Woodstock. But then, just like that... So we had a weird stage crasher, just like a random little thing. Like, Yeah, I don't know. It just seems weird. Who, how can you do that? How can you crash that stage? There's too many fucking people. He must have been someone that just... Maybe he was on, like... 
Road World, Road Rules or some shit, and like that's why no he one. He was a celebrity him. superstar. He was on Road Rules. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Four. He must have been on some kind of fucking. Absolutely, thing. You, you guys don't know who Jared Tuff is. Oh well, you know what else Jared though? Tuff. They, they also says you're in my motherfucking town. So yeah. maybe <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like maybe he's a local. Yeah, like oh. he's he's the king of Rome. He's like you're literally in my town. Well. Also, keep in mind that they had, like, radio personalities from all sorts of, like, small towns coming to help cover it for, like, MTV and stuff because they just didn't have enough VJs. Uh, So they had, like, you know, that's where we got Cousin Ed, uh, who did that infamous Los Lobos interview we played a few episodes back. And um, so maybe he was just, like, a local radio personality that did, like, the cool station. And I'm, you know, the king of Woodstock, and you're in my town now. But then she comes back out. Mm, I don't think so. I think I think feel like he gets kicked off the stage. Or, I mean, you can't <laughs> you can't see for sure. But he's not. You know, you would at some point be like, you want to see Jewel again, or like somehow tie it back in. Like well, I just, you're I right. think he might have, he might have just been like waiting for his moment. Yeah. <laughs> he just saw eagerly, like there's a two second window where the microphone's waiting. left there alone. He's like, holy shit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd probably not do the same at all because I don't. I'm not that kind of person but <laughs> we have a lot of respect for jewel so. yeah, that too I, well i would be too busy cu- like wiping away all my tears that were still flowing out of my eyes of course uh so she comes out she plays her encore it's brilliant and then after this the entire festival breaks down continually until the next day so this was kind of our last breath because after this mm-hmm. you're going to have bands like collective soul seven dust uh you have Godsmack coming up then you have megadeth creed i mean just a fucking toilet bowl of music and then Ooh, i can't wait for the creed episode i was gonna say That's i was gonna like be a good uh one. creed's really really good yeah oh no definitely and they <laughs> I, I was listening to creed yesterday i was dude i was so down the other day i put on six feet under. are you yeah. fucking kidding me there are so many days where i put creed on in my car i've been in your car around. when you've had creed on oh yeah of course we were fucking <laughs> driving down sunset the other night listening to creed we and were hitting Hinder. the strip yeah all the but, really, really good bands that are really awesome and, and good and nothing is wrong with them should, at all. and we should save this for the episode but they hadn't even written any of their good songs yet that's true oh. uh, by Woodstock. So it's really it is terrible, Creed. Yeah, and Scott they didn't Stapp even hasn't higher yet. Yeah. yeah, and he hasn't like um, fully become an alcoholic yet. It's just not Creed at, yeah. at their best. Yeah. But they were still fucking major. But that's all the shit that we have left. Not to mention the headliner of the night, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So yes. again, Jewel is a, a legendary set, a legendary moment in Woodstock '99 history because it's truly this like. Like I said, it's an omen. It's this. It, the skies are dark and the storms are brewing, and everyone's kind of like holding their breath, waiting for the next thing to happen. And they've made it through so much so far. Everyone's filthy. The water is seven dollars now. If you could even find some, bathrooms are unusable. Uh, trash everywhere. There's been thousands of people brought to the medic tents by this time throughout the last two days, and it's only going to get fucking worse. Um, and, you know, they haven't even had to call the cops yet. <laughs> so it's like we're, we're really spiraling downward here. And I feel like this is like a, just a good pace marker, a good little bookmark to be like, this is the last time where everything was seemingly okay you know what i mean if you were to kind of take the outside you know overall look at it things weren't necessarily they they haven't gotten to the end of sunday yet (laughs) you know we'll we'll just say that and it it was a it was a great performance from a perspective that is absolutely not the thing you are continually hearing 
But maybe for most of the acts at Woodstock, maybe Jewel was secretly a siren, <laughs> and she was You're, summoning I, chaos. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> or the festival in a mystical spell. Uh, AKA her performance. Yes. No, that there's some the, they answered the siren's call. I'll tell you that. And <laughs> I'll could, take it. Yeah. It could it could be true. No, definitely. And well, yeah, and that's like the maybe the, the woman with the toilet paper. I'm going to get even crazier. <laughs> she was sending signals to Jewel using her as right. the voice. Of oh course, my yeah. God. This the is woman, like the mummy with Brendan Fraser. Listen, it was the woman with the toilet paper is actually <laughs> a uh demon from the underworld who is sending signals to Jewel who is a siren of chaos. That's or maybe she what what is it like the Manchurian candidate? Like maybe the yes. toilet paper woman uh triggered maybe Jewel's a sleeper agent and right. the toilet paper triggered Jewel mm-hmm. to then proclaim a larger message of male aggression right. and fire and violence. Right. And this is all just this this festival is 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 for chaos. Yeah, it's this is basically like the for, satanic Illuminati shit you hear about. For Satan. Yeah. Just for Satan. For Satan. For Satan to embark chaos. Well, it's also maybe Jewel, you know, now we're getting into these uh, crazy uh, spiritual theories. Not crazy. Not- <laughs> uh, Normal. You know, in, Normal. in Hocus Pocus, when... Uh, when she's singing to all the children, of course. maybe this um, is Jewel. Little like, children, yeah, yeah. She, oh, for sure. You know, but instead it's like foolish games. Yeah. No, and everyone's is, like getting like. Ugh. This is for sure a spell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, please... I mean, a jewel is similar to a crystal. Yeah. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we need to like look at the truth here. I mean, we should mm. be acknowledging the truth. I'm watching the set again. I'm gonna do a Patreon episode called the this the, is a good the, the, the the true satanic intentions behind Jewel's set at Woodstock '99. You guys just fucking changed the whole goddamn thing of it in my head now. <laughs> well, I had this I had this nice thing, and now it's it's pure evil, and I have to go to church. Well, that's good. <laughs> All right, so that was that. Uh, let Let's get into some plugging stuff really quick we have a patreon you guys know this we appreciate everyone that subscribes we're gonna be putting up a bunch more stuff uh like i said we do have a, another live event happening our last one was amazing we're gonna do one in atlanta this episode will probably come out after that does but uh whatever and uh dinah yeah. what do you got going on you're always speaking doing fun of, stuff speaking of evil yeah. uh, <laughs> uh there's me and uh you guys should uh i guess just follow me on on uh, instagram because uh I'm really funny. And, yeah, and just uh, doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I I just uh, made a reality show about Satan living her truth in Los Angeles, starring <laughs> Big me. Big Jewel fan. Big Jewel fan. Yeah, it's it's called Literally Hell, and uh, <laughs> it's really great. And you should check it out on my Instagram and YouTube. What What is your Instagram? Slutty Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah that's right. Who is a known Satanist? Yeah, as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, and also a known yeah. babe. Yeah, known <laughs> hot babe, Satanist. Uh, you know, I do, I wish Taylor Swift would just like admit it. Just come out and just say that you're fucking Zeno Levay, and like we'll all uh, forgive you, and we'll be like, you know what, you rule. Yeah. Uh, she would definitely take over like Lana's spot as like the dark pop queen at that fuck point. Fuck yeah, but She'd you corner know, the market on pop music and tall blonde girl pop music. Yeah, but anyway, there's me, slutty Taylor Swift, and uh, I'm fantastic. So. <laughs> 
Awesome. It's true. It's true. I am. It, no, it, that, I mean, that's why you're here today. We had to discuss Jewel. I, and also, you had seen the Jewel set before we mm-hmm. had even talked about having you on. So. Well, I've watched tons of the Woodstock yeah. uh, videos. Yes. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. So yeah. I, I thank you for, for being mm-hmm. on the show. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash culture dumps. We really appreciate that shit, and we need it, uh, so we don't have to live in a van like Jewel, because I'm not going to get signed to Atlantic Records. I'm just going to say that right now. And uh, I'm not cute. I don't have a snaggletooth, and I didn't go to a prestigious music academy, and I also didn't almost die of a supposed UTI. Um, so I'm shit out of luck. If you went to, worked at, or played at Woodstock 99, please contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at podcast99. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been here with my co-host, Parks Miller, here with our buddy Dinah, a.k.a. Slutty Taylor Swift. And uh, thanks. We'll see you at Woodstock.